the way that the phrase new normal is for me is it comes from a place of complacency um, and not a place of empowerment. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, mindset coach, actor, and truth teller extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought to help you face your fears, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Oh my goodness. Today's episode. I just want to deep dive right into it and get into this conversation because I I was really thinking about how I wanted to end the month of May with all of you and... As we move into this very interesting time where uh, a lot of the external world that we are living in um, is starting to ease up on restrictions, Uh, which is wild because I I don't know about you, but I'm almost I'm almost at three months in quarantine with having left the house one time with masks. I I haven't even gone to the grocery store um, outside to walk my dog, um, which is wild, 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 wild. and I have been hearing this term thrown around so much, this term of the new normal and um, of what normal is going to look like. <laughs> when will life get back to normal? What is normal going to look like now? Uh, what is our world going to look like post-COVID? What are we going to look like? How are we going to feel? All these things. And um, I, I've heard this term so much, and we talk about it at length in this episode, but I've heard this term so much tossed around um, only ever in the cancer community, this idea of like what your new normal is post-cancer. And I've heard so many thrivers and survivors of cancer um, express their feelings around this term. It's very charged. And I don't know, maybe you are also feeling charged around this term right now um, and amidst the state we're in. And I couldn't have a thought of a better person to have on than my friend Allie, who is a breast cancer survivor. Um, and she is incredible, and she is one of my sole human friends. Um, we met and instantly connected, and I am so, so, so grateful for her friendship, and I'm so grateful for this conversation that we very – we don't have the answers, <laughs> a lot of the answers, um, but I wanted to talk about this openly and explore this idea with somebody who understands it in a, in a whole different lens and also from my perspective in hopes that this – allows you to gain some insight in your own. So without further ado, here we go. I'm really excited to talk to you about this, mostly just to have a conversation. Like, it's so funny. So often I feel like I bring on humans, incredible humans, who are so, so, so amazing at what they do and at the at the, the space that they hold in the world. And they're so authentic and um, in who they are. Like, that is... I, I, I cannot even fathom having somebody on. I've had so many people reach out to me and be like, come on the podcast. I want to be your guest. And I'm like, I don't see your authenticity. I don't see what you're doing as real. And so so rarely I actually like bring on anyone that has reached out to me. And I've also so rarely bring on people that I like know and connect with and love in real life. But like well, you and I had such a like wild time of getting to know each other and in such a small contain like tiny ass weekend container and immediately I was like this human is somebody that like I see their soul I see their spirit and I see myself echoed in them and I knew I needed to know you I don't even know like how we 
met? Like, how did that even happen? Like, how? What was the? Do you remember the moment? Possibly, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, back up for a second. So, Allie and I met at a um, like a I guess like a camp situation for um, for female identified humans. I think they they advertise it as women, but I will say female identified humans um, who are impacted in any way by breast cancer. And you all know that I obviously have the BRCA gene and had my double mastectomy in uh, December 2018 and, you know, wrote my book, I chopped off my tits and all that good stuff. Um, but what so much of that community um, and so many humans that I had the, the like immense pleasure of, of interacting with are women like impacted by cancer directly. And, and what I mean by that is like actually have been going through it themselves, are in it themselves, are navigating remission and whatnot. And this human that you're about to meet is one of those incredible beings and I would say like the person that I met that weekend that like soul like there was just like this immediate soul connection bond between you and I um and (laughs) you're like yeah (laughs) um and I just I've wanted to have a conversation especially amidst mm, this season of life that we are in uh and I've been hearing the phrase the new normal tossed around a lot by normal folk you know people random people just being like oh well when this is all over it's gonna be like a new normal and it's a term that I had not really heard uh in the in the real world outside of the cancer world and it's a word it's a term I know has is very charged in that space and I really really was thinking about wanting to talk about this and the only person I could possibly imagine having on to talk about this in such a way that feels aligned for my heart and my being is with Allie so I was like please come on and talk to me talk to the talk of the podcast and, and share your, your thoughts because I I have not had cancer and I and I don't know what it's like to be on one side and on the other side and while that is obviously very different than what we are all navigating as a as a collective right now, um, I think that the sentiment behind this concept of the new normal is one that translates um, in both. And I just really wanted to open the conversation and bring on this human and, and also introduce this human to you guys because fuck if this person will not change your life and just make you feel like you just want to live your life more fully. So, okay, that was a very long introduction, but also high. <laughs> the bar is so high right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it though? Will just be us giggling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the bar is not high because you are just like amaze balls, and you know that. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to the pod. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, can you? I obviously like could talk about you forever, but can you just give a little bit of like a your backstory of like your personal journey? I mean. Obviously, cancer is a part yeah. of your story, but it's also not your whole story. So I would just love, and you're doing so much amazing work and like advocacy for outdoor adventuring and like owning your life and living your life to the fullest. So like, share more about you and yeah, introduce yourself to the to the audience. Okay, hi. Um, <laughs> I, so I mean, cancer is like a big part of what we're talking today about today. So yeah. it's not my whole story, but it is a very large part. Um, I was diagnosed at the age of 27 in 2018, and it was definitely a shock because I don't have the BRCA gene or any other sort of genetic um, like predisposal to getting cancer. Yeah. So really have zero idea how I got it, <laughs> um, but it did. And yeah, it's like really changed my life. Um, 
the community has been really great, especially on Instagram and um, even at camp and how I met Amanda. I've just met some really amazing people, but it's definitely been tough. And um, talking about the new normal, that's like a huge thing that you start hearing. Mm. Um, so I'm really interested in talking about it. I'm definitely like not an expert. This is very much no, a pure um, conversation. Yeah. Yes. One person's point of view kind of thing. <laughs> Hundred. Hundred. So can you talk me back to like, how did you find out you had cancer? Like, cause you were super active and you are super active, like, yeah. and super healthy. Like what was that process for you? Yeah. Um, thinking about where I want to start. Yeah. So I guess the first thing is my husband found a lump. <laughs> well, he was like my fiance then, but yeah. he found it. That's and... the best. You're like, please <laughs> fill me up and help help me with my, we should do that every first of the month. We should feel it on the first and basically have our partners do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> feel my boobs. It's always a weird thing to say. It's the first part of the story. Never weird. Talking to. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> but yeah, he found it and I went to a doctor. Um, I was in my master's at the time and went to the doctor there and she was like oh you should go talk to a breast surgeon specialist talk to them and he was like you know okay so this is like the big part of my story that's like so common in everyone else's story and I always feel like I have to drive it home is Mm -hmm. when you're young like people aren't going to believe you um and also I think being young and being um identifying as female like you're probably not going to push back that much because mm. um, I just feel like we're not really taught that. And like this guy I saw, like he made me feel like I was stupid for even like being worried for thinking um, you could possibly have breast cancer. Yeah. yeah. And um, he gave me an ultrasound. He was like, Oh yeah. Like, see, it's this and this, but like, they're probably nothing like, see it come back in six months, you know? Um, and then I went back in three months and I was, mm. cause I thought it was growing. I was like, get this out of me. So we scheduled a surgery, he took it out, and it was cancer. And I found a different doctor. Fuck. So you found out it was cancer after having it removed? Yeah. The whole thing removed? Um, Okay, so the whole, like, lump, right? But it had gotten to my lymph nodes. And hopefully that's as far as it went. Right. Yeah. So So then then I did chemo, surgery, radiation. So what was that timeline like for you? Um, so I did chemo for 16 rounds, whatever that is. And then, so that's like three months maybe. And then I had a unilateral mastectomy and I didn't get reconstruction. And then I had 25 weeks of radiation. Hmm. What, I, I think one of the most amazing things when I first met you was finding out that you didn't get reconstruction. Cause I think everyone <laughs> I've met has. Yeah. Like literally, especially young humans. Like I think I I see that more in like the like fifty plus generation. They're like, well, fuck it. Like, you know, yeah. this whole like broad like with a cigarette mentality around it. So like, what what? Um, I just think it's so badass. And like, what about that was so aligned for you? And like, why did you make that decision? Yeah. Um, it was it was one of those decisions that was hard because everybody was like telling me to do the opposite. Yeah. Um. But I just like felt it. I just knew. Like mm. it was just one of those things I just knew I didn't want. I'm I'm so athletic. Like I love rock climbing. I was a gymnast and if that was gonna be compromised, like I was not having that. 
Yeah. Um, and I have, I have small boobs. <laughs> well, I have one small boob now, but like <laughs> it definitely makes it easier to hide. I think if I had bigger boobs, like I might've considered something else. Yeah. But I was, my biggest fear wasn't even my looks. It was my athleticism. I totally relate to that. I felt mm-hmm. exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. And I actually considered not getting reconstruction for similar reasons. But then also my acting career came into a big component of my yeah. fear around that. And I think that ended up actually – it's funny. I think I ended up making the decision in a, in a place of fear. Also in a place of knowing, but it was in a place of fear too, which I think we always do to a certain extent. But it's interesting looking back on that now that I'm like, how many fucking years now? Like a year and almost – yeah, like a year and a half out, which is fucking wild. Um so okay so your when was your surgery what was your date um I think it was like August 27th or something 2018 okay so I think I'm about did we have surgery around the same time mine was in December the same year though okay yeah sisters yeah always (laughs) (laughs) okay so you your surgery happened and then post that you did you said you did radiation after surgery yeah okay I always like the timelines of everything always is like, and, and everyone's story is so different. And so I'm always like, how the fuck does this go? <laughs> Dude, okay. Yeah. It's so stupid too. Cause it almost, you do you complete something and you're like, oh, chemo is going to be the worst thing ever. And then you finish it. And then you're like, surgery, surgery is definitely the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to radiation. You're like, F this. I hate this. Yeah. So how long have you been post like treatment like consistent treatment because yeah. I know there's obviously still treatment that is involved but so I, I think I finished in end of November 2018 okay and yeah I, de- I don't even have like some people like celebrate their like remission dates and stuff yeah. I like don't know what that would be mm. why do you think that is I don't know like I my oncologist didn't really like put a big title on it you know so I suppose I could like take the date that I finished treatment but I'm also um I don't know like maybe it's because I haven't processed it or I don't know but like I'm not a big fan of like celebrating it in that way I think Mm -hmm. I still have some anger I guess you know Mm, fuck yeah that makes a shit ton (laughs) of sense totally okay so this whole concept of the new normal knowing your story and uh like can you talk a little bit about what that has meant to you in the cancer world um, and, like, your personal feelings around it? Yeah. Um, people are going to think I'm such an angry person, Amanda. <laughs> nah, dude, nah. You're – uh, okay, sidebar, sidebar. Do you believe that anger is an emotion that we should not um, express? No. I've been thinking about no, this a I lot. I, yeah. I, say, I say – and I'm actually kind of glad you brought this up because – I'm thinking about this a lot and for the longest time in my life like I have felt like being angry as a woman is not mm-hmm. acceptable mm-hmm. like like uh, that if I show my anger around something that I will be seen as like unapproachable and mm-hmm. a bitch or um irrational irrational is a big one that we are we are told as women that if we experience and and yeah. and embody our anger that that will exist and I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been thinking a lot about like embodying emotions and anger is one that I find myself very rarely feeling safe to experience and express. 
Um, and it's something I've been like actively working towards. So I love that you said that and I love that you're expressing yourself in that way because I think that um, I think that as as female identified humans, like we do not do that enough and give that enough to ourselves. And there's a lot to be fucking angry about, like especially right now um, in a collective. So fuck yeah, be angry. Well, I'm pissed. <laughs> um, yeah, new normal. Like you start hearing it in the cancer world. Like people start telling you, um, like this is your new normal. Like learn to accept your new normal which is usually like feeling like crap (laughs) and so I knew you wanted to talk about this so I started processing it with my husband a little bit last night and I think what it comes down to for me is that the way that the phrase new normal is for me is it comes from a place of complacency um, Mm. and not a place of empowerment so for example you know, I have to stretch my arm out a lot and stuff. Like, since surgery, I can do whatever I want, pretty much, like, athletically, but I've got stuff, you know, that I have to deal with. And I feel like someone can come at you and be like, well, that's your new normal, so you're, you know, you just, you have to learn how to cope with it, or you have to learn, like, what different modifications work for you, and and I don't know, I feel like, and I'm like, no, (laughs) like, I'm gonna make it better it's gonna be like I'm gonna fix this and it's gonna be great um is this making sense yeah like I, I feel like when people tell me to accept my new normal they're like just chill like like let it be and not ex- not process through the grief of it and not process through the emotions around it yeah yeah I I think it's just it's just not empowering to me mm. so what is empowering I think information I suppose I'm a nerd I'm an engineer so um like for my shoulder I'm like okay what diet am I gonna do and like I'm gonna do Pilates or I'm gonna talk to this person and like how can you take like you know, a- yeah. intentional action from a place of learning and, and and logic and understanding yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. so when it comes to hmm, so when it comes to like okay what post-cancer has your life how has that looked differently like like tangible things like yes obviously you said your arm like that's Mm -hmm. a tangible thing like what are some tangible things that you could do before that you no longer can now or that your norm what your normal was before no longer looks like your normal now if that makes sense yeah uh I mean normal for me now is I get hot flashes all the time um so I am basically in like a medically induced menopause um, so I get hot flashes like an old woman. And honestly, I'm pretty sure they're worse than older women. So they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. I'm like, no, you don't get it. Why do you think they're worse? Science. Okay. So yeah, that, I've, I've, tell me I've more. looked at some of the data and, um, yeah, it says that they tend to be worse. Because my body isn't, like, getting used to it. Like, I just keep having them all the time. Mm. Whereas, like, older women, they start to go away. But Sure. Um. So that's, I guess, part of my normal now is I get hot flashes all the time. Yeah. But even so, I feel like if someone's like, accept your new normal, it, it feels like just accept you're going to feel like crap every hour. Mm. And yeah, I feel like I'm very resistant to that because I don't think that is something I want to do. Like mm. I'm still working on ways to make them better and even... And even if they don't get better, like, 
biologically, like even getting better with how my brain deals with it. Yeah. Um, which I feel like I've made improvements of. And it's really confusing because I feel like new normal, like if you take what normal means, like as a definition, it's like, sure, hot flashes are normal for me now. Hmm. But I don't know. It still feels so complacent to say that for some reason. Where do you think the feelings of complacency are coming from? Because it's not what you want. I guess because it implies some like normal implies something that's not changing. Mm. And that's not like aligned with the life you would want and choose for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's think it's interesting hearing you say that and thinking about the situation we are in as a collective, because I think, especially as we're recording this, because a lot of places are moving into like next phases. Um, and there's a lot of science that tells us that's not safe. <laughs> um, and also a lot of science that tells us this is probably going to exist for a while um, without a vaccine, um, that we are going to be in this space, like, <clears throat> for who, who fucking knows how long. And also we don't really have a lot of information around how this how this moves and how it impacts it, it impacts individuals so differently. And there's just so much so much knowledge we do not have and it's like okay cool 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 so I'm walking into a space where for an unforeseen amount of time there's probably at least going to be a a deadline on this space which is different Uh, and also it's like what does normal look like now and 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 what is normal in the first place and I think maybe that's the more important question that I've been thinking a lot about is like why do we have so much attachment attachment to normal? Yes, yes, girl, I love that because I feel like there are a lot of people who are like, I just want to go back to usual, and for a lot of people, usual really sucked. So I mentioned that I'm an engineer, but I teach engineering at high school, and I teach at a high school that's um, we're like all free and reduced lunch, right? It's not, mm. it's very poor um, neighborhood, and my neighborhood's not doing well, and they weren't doing well before this either. Yeah. So to go back to normal, it's just not good enough. <laughs> and then when people are like, hashtag new normal, like what we're going through right now, I'm like, this still isn't good enough. Like we're create like a creative species and empathetic species. And I know that we can keep growing and do so much better. Yeah. And also like, I think this, this particular thing has, um, has, um, uh, in a very, uh, very intentional, like giant magnifying glass, shown so many, so many, so many things that have been problematic systemically, especially in the United States, um, for a fuck ton of years, um, and why this has become such a fucking global nightmare, and specifically in a nightmare within the United States in terms of the death toll alone. Um, is because of is is not only because of but is largely impacted because of the systemic issues in this country and it's like saying hey the normal that you were so attached to the normal that you felt like was beautiful and incredible and just like the place you felt comfortable living in i want to get back to that because i feel like comfortable is a really big piece of this too but comfortable living in like was really fucked up (laughs) in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways and like didn't support 
um, you or a lot of people, you know? So it's like, why are we so... I just think, like... And this is also, like, really brings up this concept of, like, evolution and and our yeah like complacency for comfort and like and for for just need for everything to just be like well I don't have to think about it I don't have to be intentional I don't have to like actually show up and make shifts like it's just I'm gonna live and then I'm gonna die and like I don't need anything to come between me and that process you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. I don't know I've just been thinking a lot about that and I think I think it comes down to what we are attached to as humans yeah I think something hopefully this is in line with what you're saying but something I also think like this comfort and stuff like it adds or it's a component of our resiliency Mm. and I've been thinking about that a lot too lately like I humans are just really resilient and I think resiliency is like a really positive quality but I'm also I have a lot of fear that we're going to bounce back from this like uh, once we have a vaccine or we you know kind of figure out how to control it more I'm kind of afraid that people are going to bounce back to that whatever the normal was or like mm. regular life whatever they think that is you know and ideally we would grow from this you know ideally we would change and grow from this so why why does that scare you because I'm totally in your camp well just I think for what we're saying I just don't think I think pre-corona like we have a lot of problems and we just like weren't acknowledging them or we we're blaming them on other people yeah i mean we've got global warming and all, like all sorts of things you know um like on a macro level and a micro level in people's lives we have a lot of problems and a lot of bad statistics yeah. going on right now and yeah i think people are really resilient and our brains forget and it's such a blessing like i have been blessed because my brain can forget things uh, especially from cancer treatment like I don't have to dwell on those things mm. um but also there's a component and it'd be so interesting to talk to like a psychologist about this <laughs> I, I don't know like the data but there's also like you know this component of you that can take that resiliency and hopefully grow from it and like empower yourself from it yeah. I don't know what that key is though that the difference between those two things <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I don't have all the answers to that either. And yet I also know that the hardest moments in my personal life, the ones where I have had to show my resilience and like find that, I don't even show it is the, is the right word, but like embody courage and, and then witness like the ferocity of what that experience is like on the other side of it and be like, wow, like I'm so much more resilient than I ever give myself credit for. Like those are the moments that I look back on my life and I think – like they're pillars that I, that I that I am so proud of, you know. Even moments that in the moment felt um, I felt a lot of shame around, or I felt a lot of pain in. Um, I look back and I'm like, ah, like if I hadn't had that, like I would not be standing as the courageous, like strong, like, independent version of myself that I am now that I feel so grounded in. So I think that that's a really beautiful reflection. And I think resiliency is something that most people do not flex like Ooh, I like that <laughs> do you know what I mean though but like I, I think like most people don't don't um most people don't allow themselves to step into the muck and mm-hmm. like um explore the hard shit unless it's thrust upon them like I don't mm-hmm. think people mo- usually like 
are like, yeah, sure, I'm going to enter into a really challenging uh, circumstance that's going to blow open my perception of what is okay or what is safe or what is comfortable for myself. I'm going to intentionally enter that space um, and and see what my resiliency is like. Like, I just don't think most people do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think so often it it can take things like cancer Mm -hmm. or it can take things like a relationship explosion or whatever the fuck to literally bring you to your knees and force you into that space Mm -hmm. and give you perspective that most people don't ever have in their life I think yeah I think that's so true and yeah with everything that's going on I think we have to push ourselves I guess into that space of like this is this feels dangerous but like we need to make changes Something I feel like a a theme of what we've been talking about a lot is is twofold. One is that as humans, we have lived so much in this comfortable space and we've created normal around comfort. And is that actually a way we want to live? Is that actually a way that is, is intentional living? Is that what it is to live your fuck yes life? Because from my standpoint... I don't feel that way. And I and again, I feel like everything that I've I've experienced and witnessed and in myself that has been uh comfort breaking has uh empowered me to be the fullest version of me. Yeah. I think I think that like sums up what I'm kind of thinking with the new normal is like new normal represents comfort. It represents not moving to me. Mm, like the complacency sort of you've been saying. Quo. Yeah. And then also also, I think what you were saying at the beginning of this when we were talking about <laughs> your anger and your feelings around this concept of the new normal, like I think we so often want one path, but I think we're being thrust into this concept of we need to intentionally show up in this new space because to uh, to to say that it's not different would be to lie to ourselves. Like it is inherently different. It looks different right now. Um, and 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 how can we show up from a place of courage and vulnerability and deep diving into the discomfort of what this is um, and, and intentionally living there? And also, how can we honor the feelings of this change fucking sucks? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I, I don't think both like... I, so many people are like, it's okay. Like you'll figure it out. And so much of what you were saying around like the cancer perspective. And I heard this so much, I hear this so much with cancer patients who are on the other side and, or are navigating treatment. It's like, well, this is your new, what you were saying, like, or get used to life after cancer, mm-hmm. get used to saying goodbye to your friends. And it's yeah. like that, that fucking sucks. Yeah. And like, yes. I think so often we move away again because we're scared of, living in in an uncomfortable place I think so often we move away I know I do this all the time and I have to like actively fight myself to be in it and like force myself to be in the feels but I think so often we like move away from feelings and 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 acknowledgement to ourselves of of pain of sadness of fear of anger of disappointment of of being fucking pissed you know? Yeah, I think I'm. You were kind of we're reading each other's minds right now because I'm thinking the exact same thing. Is we have this fear of pain, and like when people, you know, see me trying to fix things or repair myself from cancer, I think they're like, oh, accept your new normal, or maybe this is your new normal, right? Because 
they think that me going through pain of like trying to figure stuff out is a bad thing mm. and it's not you know like every time you know I'm trying to fix something and get repair my life to be what it wants to be like if I mess up like that's fine <laughs> you know um like I'm not I'm not really afraid of like challenges or pain or fear like I used to be really and that comes from a lot of work but I recognize that most people don't feel that way mm. um and I think yeah I think what's happening is a lot of people they have a lot of fear they have a lot of fear of pain a lot of fear of us messing up um so they just want to accept some sort of normal or go back to some sort of normal but like the real fruit is going to come from us testing the boundaries and facing it head on mm -hmm. yeah yeah I couldn't have said it better myself like I I I think it's so funny that we're talking about this now too because I feel like I'm I'm in this personal space right now of like deep unearthing of like myself and I just feel yes. very much like I'm like okay we're unraveling that we're unraveling this like here we go like Let's shit's coming up and and I and I see so many people I have I have gifts I have such a gift of having humans in my life who are who are hmm, who I want to like use a specific word for them because they feel like champions of like of growth yeah, that's what I want to say. They're they're humans that's who awesome. are champions of growth, and you are one of those humans in my life. And like, I have a handful of people in my life who I who I witness them like in that process, and it is so fucking epic and beautiful, and also hard hard. It's hard. Yeah. It sucks. And like, there are days so where I'm fucking laying on the on the ground, like sobbing my fucking eyes out, being like, "This is so hard." And like, <laughs> and also I'm allowing myself to have that. And I'm allowing myself to go through that. And, and what you said on the other side is where the gifts are, is where the magic lies, right? I, I, I said this in my, my group coaching program a couple of weeks ago, and my co-host, she, like, shared um, – she I didn't even know that I had said it, but she shared a fucking, like, uh, quote of what I had said, and, like, there's magic on the other side of discomfort um, or something of that, that line. I don't know exactly what this, what the specific quote was. And like, it has been the, the pillar of my own personal work for so many years that, because I, I, that I witness people in the work and I witness so many people who aren't in it and the transformation and light and joy that comes from the people who actually have the audacity and and are and the willingness to be a champion of their own personal growth versus the people who are so trapped by fear and so as you have said complacent in their comfort um just like live miserable lives yeah i think the examples are everywhere you know like logically we see it everywhere the best athletes the best person at our work um these are people who are working their butts off you know they're like trying so hard and taking risks and for some reason we don't accept that that's something that would be okay for ourselves hmm. do you think it's not an acceptance or do you think it's a fear of failure I mean I suppose it's both I think it could be, be both <laughs> yeah yeah I was just thinking about that because I remember being in on the other side of that and like seeing people facing that head-on and and being like I couldn't do that yeah. Like, I don't have the courage. And honestly, like, I look at you and I look at everything you've been through 
Mm. I was going to say I couldn't do that, and I know I could. So, so that was yeah. interesting. Hey, just caught myself in a moment. But like, I think two years ago, I would have probably, I would have probably said like, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be there. And I'm sure you probably have had a lot of people say that to you. Yeah. Like I couldn't do what you're doing. Yeah, it's a weird thing to respond to. <laughs> yeah. What do you like, say? But well, like, you could if you were diagnosed you're with forced cancer. into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think in a strange way. Like, we've all been forced into this circumstance that we're in right now. Like, we none of us asked for this. None of us asked for a fucking pandemic to plague the world. Yeah. You know? And, like, uh, the only thing we ever have is our decision of how we choose to show up. Mm-hmm. And so, coming back to the whole concept of, like, okay, well, what is this new normal that we're living in now? And maybe it's not so much a new normal so much as it is just what is. and mm-hmm. And how can we... How can we live and, and educate ourselves, number fucking one, around what is happening in the world? Because that is happening in the world around us and we need to know that. But also, too, like, how do we want to show up in that space? Mm-hmm. How do how we want to get, like, excited about it? How can, instead of just, like, overcoming mm-hmm. the fear and be like, I'm not going to be afraid of this, like, replace it with being excited? Because, like, I'm in a world where... I, like teaching you know for example where things are really bad for my families right it's really sad but I'm not gonna just like wallow in that like I'm psyched like let's like reform schools like here's an opportunity Mm -hmm. we can do remote learning we can do hybrid stuff like there's so many things that we can change and now they're exposed for us to have like the reasoning and the voices behind them to change them like I, like I hopefully that's not an insensitive thing to say but like I'm psyched like let's change stuff let's make it better for everybody yeah and that just goes to show like again your resilience your understanding of like it's okay to go through shit and also on the other side of it like how can we make this better and, yeah. and how can we learn from this and how can we um it's not even make this better but like be more intentional and 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 um and show up in this space in the ways that we can instead of uh live in the constant I can't I think I think that's the crux of what I see so many people like who are thriving in this time and who are not it's like all the people who are like I can, and I've been there I've been there a lot of like well I can't do this I can't do that I can't do that. like I've been struggling with like I can't perform like who am I if I'm not performing I've been struggling with like well I can't travel and like I had all these things I can't do this I can't do that I can't see my family like I can't give hugs I'm a bear hugger like what am I doing versus like what can you do or how can yeah. you be? Like, how can you show up for yourself? Um, and, like, just flip. It's it's such a simple frame and perspective shift, and yet such a powerful one. Um, and I love that you just reflected that because it just made me think on that. So thank you. <laughs> She's like, you welcome, girl. You welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. So many thoughts. So many thoughts. But I just really appreciate, like, mm, I really appreciate – your perspective around this because I just feel like so few people actually understand this mm, this concept in a way that is so real and like and in a way that is lifelong and a lot of people uh yes we're saying like there's an end date to this pandemic in terms of like a uh you know some kind of vaccine coming to coming to light uh whoever how who knows how long that will take and yet also there isn't really an end date for the impact that this pandemic will have had on us as individuals, yeah. us as a society, us as a world, us as a culture. Um, 
for better and for worse, right? Like they're uh, for 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 whatever it is, um, and so to not honor that and um, and to not just say this is what is now and how can we show up in this space um, and and like not constantly be fighting for a world that I, I at least believe do- doesn't exist anymore. Like that's just my personal perspective. I'm, I'd be curious to hear yours around this, um, given your your experience in life. But like, I I don't really like the word normal in the first place. I also don't like the idea of going back because for me, I think as humans we are constantly evolving, we're constantly learning, we're constantly growing. And if we're if we're going backwards, we're dying. Like I be, I believe that more than anything, maybe on the world in the world. Um, and so this is just uh, forcing us into into like a giant state of evolution <laughs> yeah that's my perspective at least yeah I think so I I mean I want to be constantly evolving and constantly getting better and changing and that doesn't mean there isn't failure on the way to getting better um but yeah I'm not at least personally I'm not cool with just maintaining some sort of normal in my life mm. and like hopefully that resonates with your listeners as well yeah I'm sure it will because most of my listeners aren't normal <laughs> <laughs> and I say that in the best way because I think I honestly I think normalcy is is how we die. Like I just it just doesn't feel to me like living your fuck yes life is being anything but normal. It's it's being you and like we are not normal beings. We are exquisite like insanely amazing humans and when we when we pull back all the bullshit <laughs> she's grinning at me so big right now. Would you guys can I see? Love it. <laughs> but like when we pull back all the bullshit of like what um what we have been programmed or like what we're scared of and just like unleash our true selves like it is anything but normal and like I want I want every human out there to revel in their wildness and revel Heck in yeah. like in their growth because it's it's so powerful even if it's hard. It's so powerful. Yeah. Okay, we're going to pivot and do a quick fun fast like not talking about the new normal shit and just like get to know your heart a little bit better. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. What is your favorite thing that you have been doing amidst quarantine in the last almost three months, I guess? Oh, well, Amanda. So we've been talking about like attacking our fears and stuff. Yeah. Right. I have been really doing it. So I started my YouTube channel. Yeah. And it's called Dinosaur Life. D-Y-N-O-S-O-A-R. Life. And... I'm doing lots of things. I'm doing like cancer chats. And then I'm also doing these like journal with me Mm -hmm. things. And they just keep getting better and better, which is so exciting for me. But it's really relevant to that fear thing we're talking about because I have had to exercise so much positive inner talk. Like Mm -hmm. my inner voice is going to be a boss by the end of quarantine um, because it's terrifying. Like it's, it's terrifying to release something onto YouTube and like my expectation for them like it's new I'm like I'm gonna get like 10 views like that'd be great (laughs) um but yeah it's like terrifying to do that and then your brain's like oh people aren't gonna like it or like I messed up or whatever Mm. and I have had to um exercise a lot of confidence like no this is what you want to do it's a blast like who cares about all these like measures and data that other people may or may 
not want you to have yeah I guess. and like obtain so i have been diving into that and i think they're epic like i'm actually super proud they of are i've watched a few and i'm i love them i also just love you and i think it's amazing that like i've said that i think i said this to you like a year ago i was like you need to like do something in the entrepreneurial world i think i like because you were doing your journals and stuff that you were like sending out to yeah. people um, i have one I sent wait it today. can you can you say more about these two because if anyone's listening who might be in that space. sure uh so i make so when I was going through cancer, I kept a journal and like, I really believed it got me through everything. Like I'm, first of all, I'm also a psycho, but <laughs> when I went through chemo, I graduated from my master's and I got married. Yeah. And all the shit really... happens at the same time, of course. <laughs> yes. I did all the things and I really think my journal like super helped me. So I make these journals, it's called my chemo journal and you can get it on uh, mydinosaurjournal.com but or Etsy and they basically have my template that I use, use going yeah. through chemo so that other people can use it but yes I feel like I'm super entrepreneurial and like I'm doing it now now is the time and I'm doing it and I'm diving in I love it I love it I love that you've taken this time to really face your fears head on I think that's a beautiful thing okay thank you cool 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 if you could be a plant what would you be and why a plant? Yeah. Oh, I kind of want to be like, um, I'm really into plants right now. This is why this came up. Yeah. It's a great question. I want to be like, like a little fuzz from a dandelion so that I can oh. like float and flip around the air. That sounds amazing. That's like the best answer. Also, <laughs> do you know that those are things you like make wishes on, right? Did yeah. you ever do that as a kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to make wishes. I could be someone's wish. You could be someone's wish. (laughs) Oh, I just had so many feels. Okay. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. What are you most excited to do as soon as you can leave your house? (laughs) Gosh. Okay. Well, I I don't know. The boundaries are weird right now because we're relaxing and we're not. So I really want to go rock climbing, Mm -hmm. but we might be approaching the time where I can do that. Can you explain more about the kind of rock climbing that you do? Because I think it's very, it's, do you mean like in a gym or do you mean outside. like, yeah, outside. yeah, only outside. Like, yeah. That's not what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, you guys should follow her on the Instagram for all of the good, uh, beautiful photos of like your event. I just think your outdoorsiness is like so great. And I just want to, I just want to do it with you. <laughs> come yeah. anybody can you actually speaking of following you can you share how people people can follow you and like give on give you some love and and get in your sphere yeah so it's um youtube and instagram it's dinosaur life d-y-n-o-s-o-a-r life and yeah i'm kicking off some stuff and i would just really appreciate like seriously any feedback even if it's bad because even when it's bad i'm like oh my gosh they watched it <laughs> give her some love <laughs> what is the phase that i'm in right now i love it i'm so 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 grateful to just be in your world and um to know you and thank you for i i you know i really thought about like having this conversation by myself and i was like i just feel like i need somebody in this sphere who like understands us in a way that i don't and could never and i I so appreciate you just being here and being authentically you and um and talking about this um in such a in such a beautiful and and really relatable way um that I hope uh you all are feeling a little less alone in this in this like what the fuck does this even mean to enter into this space mentality um 
you're not alone and um and we got you and yeah thanks for listening and there you have it thank you Allie for coming on and having this very candid and real conversation with me we are both not fucking experts around any of this shit but we uh we are showing up as ourselves and um with questions too and uh with whatever answers we personally have found for ourselves and hopefully that shines some light for you um and and also opens the door for you to think about this for yourself more and figure out what what this uh time in your life is you want it to look like because there's no perfect answer there's no there's no uh there's no right answer right there's just the right answer for you um, as always, everything um, about this episode, everything we talked about is in the show notes, um, or you can head over to amandacatherinloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 96. And uh, I love you guys so much. I'm in this with you. Uh, I'm here with you. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.